It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, along with Dr. Brandon Vaughn, I'm here with Dr. Thomas DeHaven making another appearance on the podcast. Well, Thomas, what's up, brother? Welcome How back. you doing, man? Welcome Thank you back. for having me. Thank you for having me. And we want to get Thomas on here for a very specific reason because uh, we're going to try to bring this back to the clinic today and talk about... Uh, why and how important it is to really um, really know your crap when it comes to having direct access and how PTs now that we have this, we have to be kind of that gatekeeper in a way now that maybe we didn't have to before because Thomas has caught a couple of really unique cases in which we needed to refer out and they were really important referrals and we'll get into each one of those today and Brandon, I know you had the, the femoral fraction too, I think you've already talked about on here Yeah, too. I did like a quick 10-minute um, episode on that Yeah, so, so again, it kind of just comes back to us like as, as PTs with direct access now, the uh, ability to screen and evaluate and, and know when something is maybe outside of our scope and maybe when we need to get another closer look at it and who to refer to, um, I think it's important to always come back to that. Um, and Thomas, you found a couple cool ones, so yeah, I want to go over that. Say, so you mentioned the formal next, so like I had, I'm swearing, I literally, after I walked out the door, finished that episode, I, I, as soon as I walked out, there was a, a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do a spoiler alert here, but Thomas was like, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> I just found uh, this person had a brain tumor. So yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah. So I mean, it was like it was like as I was walking out the door. So like, I thought I was doing good, but clearly yeah. we got the you know Thomas <laughs> is so smart and talented. It's not so there it is. There it is. Um, yeah, I feel left out here. I haven't had maybe I missed maybe I missed something because I haven't had any cool. Yeah. Um, well, and, and not not cool, but I haven't had a unique situation like this. But I think it's important to go through these kind of cases and, mm-hmm. and what you know what were some of the maybe the complaints of the patient but then also to um, in your exam like what stood out and maybe what led you to believe I probably need to refer this person out mm-hmm. because there's something going on here mm-hmm. um, and so we got two of them that we want to talk about with you uh, so we want to talk about more the the clot first yeah, another spoiler. Right. Yeah, another yeah, spoiler. Gave yeah. it up. All right, so um, let's talk about this. Um, I'll set it up a little bit, okay. and I'll let you go from sure. here. The, you know, uh, athlete that likes to lift, you know, weightlifter, crossfitter, that kind of thing, um, come, coming in with um, more of an upper extremity pain, kind of wrist area, that kind of stuff, right? Um, so a lot of times 
we're thinking lifter, wrist pain, maybe sprained it on something, probably do some wrist mobs and we can get them back to lifting, right? But this is obviously a unique situation. So um, tell us about this person. They came in, what was going on, what you saw, all that. Yeah, and it, it was very much from the outside looking in a musculoskeletal presentation. Um, she had recently gotten back in the gym, so it kind of had all the markings of maybe a little too fast of a ramp up in the gym after taking a little time off. Um, but kind of the pattern with both of these catches, I think, was I relied pretty heavily on the subjective information to kind of guide what I was actually looking for with the objective measures. Um, you know, I'm still trying to develop those patterns as a new clinician. Um, so whenever anything stands out, that's when I take a step back. You know, I walk out the room and I kind of run things through my mind. Is, is, are things checking out? Is it what it thinks? Is it what I think it is? Um, but for her in particular, um, she had been receiving some treatments for some long-term illness where she required several IV sticks in both hands. Um, so uh, that was, you know, first thing that perked my ears up. Maybe something's going on with that. Um, then uh, she kind of described about how the pain had changed. You know, initially it had been right on the dorsum of both hands. Um, one had subsided. One was pretty constant, and now it was traveling up the forearm and more of that lateral epicondalgia kind of presentation. Um, I did, you know, careful palpation. It seemed um, to kind of correlate with the vasculature on her forearm, on her wrist. Um, but I wasn't, you know, nothing slam dunk about that. Just what it seemed like to me. It didn't really seem like, you know, pressing on the lateral epicondyle, strumming those those extensor wide back and forth. None of that really seemed like that was the ticket of, you know, I could, I could mash pretty hard and make it uncomfortable, but that wasn't really necessarily what she was dealing with. Um, so... Um, basically, that was the main thing. And she said there had been some redness that had resolved. Um, so basically, just direct palpation. Uh, I, I treated her once, and I said, let's watch this. If you're not noticing a change fairly quickly with what we'd expect with some of the like desensitizing isometrics and then slow, heavy resistance for lateral condalgia, um, we might want to get another eyes on and, and take a look at this thing. And so... Uh, fortunately, the it may have been you know two things at once. Uh, her elbow pain did actually improve by the next session, but she was still having that consistent pain on the top of her hand. Um, and then I, I recommended her you know go back and talk to her specialist, the the people who she was you know seeing for the management of her illness. And turns out there was they did an ultrasound and they found a blood clot. Um, they chose to treat it conservatively, um, but it put her mind at ease and I think my mind is also um, for sure that you know we had made the correct decision uh, recognized something that was a little bit out of the norm uh, send it back to the doc and they gave her some good information and, and you know fortunately it's all resolved and, and improved since then such a good pickup and, and one of the things I just wanted to reflect on and this is a common theme that I've myself referring people out to other clinicians it is always seems like it comes down to like a gut feeling right mm -hmm. it's, it's always some Stop type of a judgment call right right, yep. right. So that was, that was, that was yeah. so good, right? And I think I, nothing builds trust better with a mm -hmm. patient than a proper referring out in a situation sure. like this. That's, that's going to be a patient for life for you if oh, yeah. she ever has anything mm -hmm. else come up. Mm -hmm. for sure. I, th I think the other thing is you made a really great point there is that even on visit one, you know, it seemed like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had in your mind that maybe there was something else going on, but we weren't necessarily pinpointed. Like, I know when Brandon was pretty, pretty sure with his uh, femoral fracture, like, mm -hmm. I think that there's, a, there's a fracture here. And so we're referring out with that expectation. Uh, I like how you framed it. It's where, like, all right, I think there may be something going on. I you know, I'm ruling out super big red flags where I still think we can try to treat this conservatively, but there's that expectation of what the progress should be. Mm -hmm. And so we should evaluate, like, is this person progressing 
like equally to what my expectations were, or at least somewhat mm-hmm. in the same way. And then if you are confident that your interventions were appropriate for what you thought were going on, did not see the improvement, that does kind of mm-hmm. really indicate, all right, maybe there is this underlying thing that I wasn't sure about. Let's go get it checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like how you set that up. It's like you even explain that to her and set that expectations up so that way she understands like, hey, I, I get what you're saying here. I think I want to try this. If it doesn't go the way we want, then let's let's mm-hmm. try something else. So mm-hmm. I really love how you approach that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it sounds like she's back in the gym getting after back it. Back in the no gym. Um, mm-hmm. You know, getting ready for Murph. So yeah, I got Murph yeah, coming up. Right. Yeah, good, nice segue. We're hosting Murph. Anybody in the community wants to come out and do Murph with? We us? also got some special edition Murph T-shirts, the Vertex logo with the American flag. You can uh, get those. I'll put the link in the show notes. We ship those out, and yep. they're pretty sweet. If you love America, get a Vertex shirt. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. We're getting so be- so much better with these segments. <laughs> uh, uh, but that was awesome. So that was the first one, right? That, that was, was that was the first one. I remember thinking like that was a good catch, and I've done. You know, I always like whenever like Brandon was giving his case, and you were talking about this one. I was thinking to myself, like, would I have would I have caught that from like the how it correlated a little bit more of like where with the vasculature and that kind of stuff. So it, it's interesting. It's, it's super cool to see that. Um, but then I guess you kind of had even a bigger, maybe I guess maybe a bigger find. I guess you could ex- yeah. describe it that way with another case not too long after. Right. So um, this next case, I had a patient sent to us for persistent dizziness. Um, they were referred by an ENT. And I'd had a good bit of experience throughout my clinical experiences in PT school dealing with some, you know, typical vertigo presentations, BPPV. Um, and so I think that kind of helped me feel a little more confident with this referral out. But uh, basically, the patient was complaining of constant dizziness. So that automatically tipped me off. Okay, what do we know about BPPV? It's positional and it's temporary. This man was, you know, constantly dizzy, uh, so much so that he was, you know, favoring one side of the hallway just so he had something to kind of hold on to if he needed it. Um, So, you know, right off the bat, I'm thinking this isn't your standard vertigo presentation. Um, And so it kind of, once again, I lean real heavily on the subjective, you know, uh, what are the triggers for this Disney? Well, it's it's called constant so it's doesn't not not sound like bpv to me uh, i asked you know have you had any hearing changes recently have you noticed any uh any dizziness with valsalva maneuvers anything like that and he said well actually yeah i kind of lost some of the the hearing in my ear not too long ago and i said which side is it and he's like the left side okay um so that's tipping me off a little bit more there um and then yeah, it was it was it was all seeming much more central than peripheral at that point. And that's kind of what I had been taught in school, and what I'd always you know, if it seems central at all, that's where you get into the bigger scary thing, and that's going to be an automatic referral, no no questions about it. So um, I was already kind of leaning that way before I started my physical exam. Um, everything was fairly normal in the actual physical exam itself. Negative epoly. Um, a negative Dix Hall pipe, excuse me, and then cranial nerves were all normal except for the diminished hearing in his left ear. Um, saccades, those were all fine. Nothing increased his dizziness with that. VOR, VOR cancellation, those were all pretty normal. Um, so it was mostly, you know, here's the pattern I'm familiar with with the BPPV. This is not what you have um, if I were you I would want more information about what you got going on so I said you know I I asked a little bit more about the thoroughness of the exam that he received from the ENT um, and it sounded like there was you know kind of a time constraint issue is barely there for 15 minutes um, long enough to get the referral to PT but not really long enough to find anything else so sent him back 
turns out he had, um, based off imaging, an acoustic neuroma. Mm. And so now he's receiving treatment for that, and he uh, was in contact with me, and you know, hopefully we'll be dealing with whatever the fallout is from when, whenever he ends his treatment there, if he still has any balance deficits. But right. dang man, yeah, another big find for sure. So you're a hero. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I mean, those are huge. Those are huge, man, and that can't be understated. Like how important and how awesome it is that you were able to find that, and and it just shows even if they've seen a physician beforehand, mm-hmm. not knock on any particular physician because a lot of times there are maybe time constraints. Maybe the patient was late to the appointment and it was just a quick thing. Maybe the patient didn't know how to describe everything effectively. Um, But just because they've seen a physician doesn't mean that they got cleared for all those things, Mm -hmm. too. So I think that's another important point I got out of this is they just because they've seen an ENT doesn't mean that any of the big sinister things, all those can be like completely ignored uh, as possibilities. Those those time constraints, that's a big problem in the healthcare system. Yeah. I I know there's a... The orthopedist, I know that he. There's some days in the clinic he'll see 80 a day, mm. and you do the math on that an eight-hour workday. I mean, what That's is that like insane. five, six minutes a patient just going back to back? There, how can you be mm-hmm. thorough? How can you get a proper diagnosis or pick up on these differentials? I mean, maybe you can. Maybe I'm missing something. I'm just really slow. I'm ten times slower. But oh, hey. oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't. I'm with you on that, man. I think, and I also think that's one reason that a lot of times, maybe not in this case, doesn't sound like imaging was performed until after the mm-hmm. fall, until you've, right. you've referred him back to the ENT. Um, but a lot of times I feel like that's why the jump to imaging happens so quickly because it's, if you're going to be moving to a one patient every five or six minutes, it's a lot easier just pull up an image, look, say, oh, that's what I think it is, tell the patient, here's a referral to PT or whatever it is. It might be a little there. CYA medicine in that too. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. probably, I'm sure it's probably just to make sure that they're... I don't know, not going to get sued for yeah. not doing the imaging, sure. perhaps. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that, that's that's huge too, man. Like that, um, I'm I'm so curious to hear about how you know that person progresses. Hopefully, they do end up back with us working on whatever remaining deficits if they have any. Yeah. You know, after that, um, but I'm so curious to hear about like how treatment for it went and and what his, if there are remaining deficits, did he regain any hearing mm-hmm. from any of this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm I'm super intrigued, but right. um, I love how you kind of. You took what you knew from PT school, which we do get some vestibular stuff in PT school, and then those rotations and kind of put yourself, it's like, all right, I know what this presentation should look like or what I should expect. It didn't fit that mold. So that means it's something I got to get checked out mm-hmm. more. And, and so I love I love how your, your brain in both these cases kind of categorize like the expected presentation or the expected progression based on the interventions. Like you have what you think it should be and when it's not, mm-hmm. it's like something sketchy. We refer it out. We figure out what's going on. So I, I love your approach on both of those. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And that's you know that's what direct access is all about. Uh, that 15 minutes that someone will have with a physician, you know, that's not a lot of time. And that's where our field, I think, has so much potential for growth. And it's so exciting to be a part of this time currently as a physical therapist. I think it's just it's really encouraging. It's really amazing. And you know, when the patients are so thankful, that's what really drives it home for, for me sure. is oh, they're, for sure. they're so happy to have someone who's given them the time give them the uh, yeah. attention they deserve so. absolutely yeah. and sometimes like all the time I get like cynical and jaded about it because you know uh, there, there's some argument that the reason why we got our DPTs is that it was a competition uh, 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 I'm not, I was going to say something else it was like competition with chiropractors mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but then we were taught in school the APTA tells us the reason why we have our DPTs is for these differential diagnoses we can pick up on the big nasties the cancers the fractures mm-hmm. things of that mm-hmm. nature as well too and so it definitely it's definitely you know, a good reminder whenever yeah. you, know, you you see you Thomas, you see these things and bring these cases forward or, and remind me of that because um, sometimes it gets kind of it, it can be easy to get sucked in that negativity. Yeah, yeah. and I also think I, I 
I, do, I try not to take it for granted, but the fact that we have an hour with each person, like right. it, you know, that mm-hmm. that can't be understated either. In this instance, you know, it's like imagine if you the you only had you know a lot of places an email might be thirty mm-hmm. minutes. You might get thirty minutes with that person, and so now you got yeah you got twice what the E and T got. Mm-hmm. But then you start thinking like, could I be just as thorough subjectively? Would I be able to do all the objective things I want to do? Like, would I have picked up on that? This really doesn't fit. You know, more of a peripheral type of, of issue. It mm-hmm. seems more central. Would I pick that up in just a half an hour if I yeah. had to compress it? And I'm sure people get really good at being efficient with that but man I couldn't imagine not having an hour I really couldn't yeah and Thomas man I just want to you know compliment you again I mean this this makes me a better clinician too because these are things that I'm going to keep in the back of my head Mm -hmm. whenever I have another person that comes in with what looks like routine wrist forearm elbow pain Mm -hmm. and someone looks like they have routine maybe VPV vestibular issues you know it'll it'll certainly make me think twice about it that's what it's all about for sure yeah man awesome cool well we appreciate you coming on and giving us some insight into these cases we were happy to do thinking that was uh, it was beneficial for us to when you shared them with us so we we felt like it would be good to share them with the world too and just as as a reminder of that like you know, we are those gatekeepers sometimes, and so we've got to be on the lookout for these type of things and really uh, understand, uh, you know, those different pattern recognitions mm-hmm. and when something doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, knowing who to refer to and developing those relationships too. You know, having having the right physicians to send people to is super right. important too. Right. So I feel lucky that we got a nice little network for sure. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of the listeners out there, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, hit the like button, check out all the links uh, for our sponsors and affiliates in the show notes. This oh, I got one more though, bro. Well, you got you know this has made me want to explore more vestibular education and you know where you can get that on Medbridge. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, Dude, oh, there it is. Uh, Medbridge? Medbridge. Uh, Medbridge is the uh, the go-to place for all things continuing education in the PT realm, uh, and they have all different types of categories and areas in which you can expand your knowledge. But one area that they are well versed in courses is vestibular rehab. So if you're like, man, would I have been able to differentiate between something peripheral and central? Would I have figured that out? If you're like me and you're starting to question whether or not you would have been able to get on Medbridge, use the code. Better Faster Pod for a huge discount, the best kind of discount that you're going to find. Get on Magbridge, get your CEUs. It's a renewal year anyway. Get them in. You'll be better ready for your next vestibular patient. That was so smooth. Oh, no. No. I know. I, I was trying to catch you before you went into the thing. But anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> this is a Better Faster Podcast. We're out. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.